This is the CR Checkup Podcast. My name is John. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ that struggles with drugs, alcohol, and pride. And you're listening to a Testimony Talk. On our Testimony Talks, we get a chance to hear from someone who has taken the steps and applied them to their own life. This gives us the opportunity to see how the program works and to gain hope that we might have similar experiences. Welcome to our testimony talk. I have a very special guest here with us today, my new friend, Tiffany. Would you mind introducing yourself? Sure. My name is Tiffany. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who has gained victory over an addiction to busyness and codependency. Hey, Tiffany. It has been uh, very good getting to know you over the past couple of days. It's uh, uh, very interesting how we kind of got connected. For those of you who've been listening, you know we're talking about step three lately and how um, we're learning to live life on life's terms. And I got an email from Tiffany. Um, I'm I'm guessing she she sent it much earlier than when I saw it, but I saw it Monday morning as I'm preparing for uh, our conversation. And I thought, wow, here's an opportunity for me to live life on life's terms and step out of my normal routine and uh, allow God to do what he wants to do. And, and I do believe um, that God's will was that he would allow you to come and share at our CR. And that's what happened. We had you come and share at our CR on Monday. It was a great time. We enjoyed having you and your sister come and visit. And um, what a blessing it was. And, and so uh, thank you so much for answering God's call and being obedient to him. I know it's, it's not easy, um, but I do know that it's always rewarding. And so um, hopefully you were there to get to hear uh, Tiffany's testimony on Monday. Uh, but for those of you who weren't there or who uh, are unable to come to our group, um, Tiffany, would you mind just kind of uh, filling us in? Let, let us know uh, what, what brought you to Celebrate Recovery. Well, I initially got involved with Celebrate Recovery. Um, it was about four and a half years ago after my prodigal son returned home after a two-year journey out in the world. Uh, basically trying to see, is the world really as bad as mom and dad said? Um, (laughs) And it only took two years for him to realize, yeah, this life leads to nowhere and I really need my family and the Lord. Uh, My son, my oldest son, when he was 18, we were faced, or actually it was three months before he turned 18, we were faced with the difficult decision that despite our best efforts, trying to get this kid to obey our rules, which were very much fair drugs, alcohol, you know, do well in school, be respectful, uh, really started struggling. And we were out of options on what to do to try to get him back on track. So we decided after finding out that he was smoking marijuana, after trying everything we could to get him back on track, like I said, counseling, consequences, you know, discipline, all that stuff, we decided to send him to a Christian boarding school that was um, 11 11 hours away from our home. Uh, They picked him up in the middle of the night drove him there, and that's where he would complete his senior year of high school. Uh, we knew that this was last-ditch effort because he'd be turning 18 in only three months, but this is what we thought we needed to do after counsel with pastors and a lot of prayer and anguish. Um, we thought that the boarding school was uh, going to fix the problem, 
Although all the other things that I tried to come up, up with when fixing him hadn't worked, but unfortunately it didn't work. Three, about three weeks after his birthday, 18th birthday, he walked off the mountain, determined to get a ride home and nobody could stop him legally. So we showed up the next morning. He bought a bus ticket on um, with some money that a truck driver had given him as he hitchhiked <laughs> home, which was just crazy. Uh, but that was the first miracle I witnessed that the Lord um, allowed me to go to bed that night, worried about him living on the streets that night. Mm-hmm. So he showed up um, home and actually moved in across the street to his best friend's house for the first, <laughs> wow. uh, yeah, first three weeks. So that was the beginning of. Uh, the, the second step of tough love, but then also obeying the Lord as he was telling me continually to let go and let my son figure things out, let go, let God, which was mm. very, very difficult for me being a firstborn type A personality uh, <laughs> who definitely thought I had all the answers. And my son really did challenge my role as the fixer. Mm, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so my... Yeah, so he comes in, he comes back, and what what happens? Is does he continue using or? No, this truly, I think, was one of those moments where he, uh, like the prodigal son, he came to his senses, ran out of resources, he was hungry, he had no money, basically threw up his hands and said, "I can't do this. I need the Lord. I need my family." And so he entered an addiction program. It was an outpatient addiction program. He went to six days a week. And I thought this was great. Um, still didn't trust him. Wasn't sure if this was, was the fix, but he seemed like he was um, genuine. So one day he comes home from the addiction program and he gives me this uh, test. It was a codependency test. Said, Mom, here. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know there was codependency written tests, right? Oh, wow. So I take the test and I'm like, okay, yeah, this kind of sounds like me. And I'm going along and um, he totals my score and he says, Mom, you've got the highest codependency score I've ever heard of, (laughs) which I'm pretty sure that was the first codependency score he ever heard of. So um, I immediately remembered uh, Margie, my celebrate recovery ministry leader at my church, um, who had actually given me counsel throughout my son's journey, um, Mm. called her up and said, Margie, I just took this test and I'm, I have codependency. Have you ever heard of it? And um, she she just kind of, you know, said, Oh, Tiffany, I'm so glad you called today. You know, as, as your son goes through his program, it'd be great if you joined a step study and you can work on your relationship with him. And I thought, okay, sure. I'll do it. Having no, really no clue what I was getting into, but um, I figured codependency was pretty bad because she didn't tell me exactly what it was. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, so, um, but anyways, but it's funny because once you get into celebrate recovery and that we have a list of issues. And so looking through the list of issues of codependency, some of the things I immediately um, related to assuming responsibility for others, feelings and behaviors. I thought, well, I'm a mom. Isn't that my job? That's what I'm supposed to do. You know, if they're not happy, I'm not happy, right? Um, And then also realizing that uh, codependency was just the tip of the iceberg. Really, it Mm. was. There were so many more issues that were underneath um, that were just a result of my low self-esteem and wanting to try to be a perfect mom. Uh, From the outside, I looked like just a really nice Christian woman who just wanted to help everybody all the time. And anytime anybody shared a problem with me, 
I took it as an open door to share my unsolicited advice. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, and usually they didn't take it. And to be honest, I lost a lot of friends who didn't really want me to fix them. But I took it as a green light when somebody would share that they needed my opinion. Yeah. So, so really, but I couldn't even fix my son. Well, so, okay. So uh, I, I just love it so much that you had people that's, those are all God moments, right? When uh, your friend just brings you right in. And, and I love what you said, said like, Oh, oh um, have you ever heard of codependency? Cause I think that that's like, just like every single person who enters into recovery, we all feel like I must be the only person who has this struggle, you know? And that's the first gift of Celebrate Recovery is finding out, hey, there's other people who have struggles that are similar to mine. And it's such a relief to finally find that out and to be able to work through those things together. But you had mentioned you're going along and then you find out codependency is the tip of the iceberg. So you start going because your, your son says, you know, um, gives you the test. And then Margie says, come and do this because it'd be good to go alongside your, your son. But at some point it sounds like it shifts from, I'll just be here because I think it's beneficial for my son to, Oh my goodness. I think I need, I need to be here. What was that like? Right. Well, what's so wonderful about the 12 steps is it's really like peeling back an onion one layer at a time. And I'm convinced if God had showed me all my issues the first week, I would have ran. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You're so right. 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 Um, Now, one of the things that I struggled with as a little girl, and and I'm not exactly sure why, because I grew up in a loving Christian home, um, a large family. We always got together. I was the oldest grandchild of 17, oldest uh, grandchildren, a child of uh, my mother's side as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But I struggled a lot with negative self-talk. I think in moments of uh, being alone in my room, I would just have a lot of comparison going on in my head or just feeling when I felt bored, it's like the negative self-talk would just go crazy, Mm -hmm. Um, constantly comparing myself to other people. And what happened is um, it kind of came and and went throughout the years. Uh, When I first met my husband, um, it's really kind of funny because maybe just a few years leading up to him, and it kind of quieted down. And when I met him, I felt so much love and admiration from, from him. And by the way, I met my husband when I was 17, and we got married <laughs> when I was 19. Um, and so, and I remember even thinking, wow, you know what? I haven't really struggled with this negative kind of self-image in a while. Well, as soon as I had my first son and became a mother, that negative self-talk came back in a way that I did not expect. I was constantly comparing myself to other moms and how they took care of their babies. And um, as I had my children, I subconsciously, I think I decided to be the perfect mom. And I started to base everything I did from volunteering, taking care of my children, you know, um, all the many activities I was in became performance based where my self-worth started to come as um, kind of, I don't want to say, I mean, busyness does have some fruit. I mean, I felt good about myself with the projects I got done, the accolades I got done. Like, wow, she can really plan a great party or she can really, <laughs> you know, um, I led women's Bible studies in the community. Um, I did some good things, but I was exhausted at the end of the day. And I never had peace for more than just a few minutes, probably right before I fell asleep because I was exhausted. <laughs> so this, this addiction to busyness... Um, is codependency was a symptom of that because codependency, if I want to stay busy, I'm looking for other people's problems. 
I don't mind taking your problems on. I think I have more time than I do, more mental capacity than I do. And I was um, caught up in this crazy busy lifestyle that I just wanted to be perfect and do a lot. And um, they were good things that I did, but the motive behind it ultimately was to make myself feel good and to feel like um, I was important. I wasn't uh, looking for my self-worth in my relationship with the Lord and in who I was in Him. Um, And so that was kind of startling because all these years I thought I didn't have anxiety. People would talk about anxiety. Well, turned out I had anxiety 24-7, but I interpreted that sped up feeling in my chest, kind of like the Energizer Bunny, that it was energy (laughs) to be more (laughs) and not anxiety. So God really had to walk me through a process that he began to show me that even in my busyness, I had removed God from the center of my life. He was my savior, but he wasn't Lord of my life. Mm. And that was, there's a difference. Um, I would pray for things, but if God took too long, I'd answer my prayer myself. (laughs) That was part of my busyness, you know, I was impatient. And so, trying to fix my son and my family and everybody in my community, it eventually came at a cost of just extreme uh, fatigue, never feeling at peace with myself, always beating myself up when I blew it with the kids. Um, Because when you're doing a lot, you're going to lose your temper more. And then I would feel bad for, you know, condemnation on the way that I had yelled at my kids or whatever. And I'd start over the insanity we talked about the next morning. Mm. I always thought if I just get through this to-do list, then, I'll be happy and I'll feel completed and I'll have peace and then I can rest. But mm-hmm. that never happened. The, the next morning would come and there would be more to do. And it was insane. So yeah. um, the Lord, that's one of the things the Lord showed me, the addiction to busyness and the importance of being still, mm-hmm. which sounded like a waste of time to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know? so, but in the stillness, was when the Lord, um, I actually, to be honest, I talk about to-do lists. I love to-do lists. Um, one of my gifts is administration, so I love things organized. So I actually wrote on to-do lists when I felt the Lord calling me to be still. Be still today. Nice. <laughs> and I set time aside to sit there and just not watch TV, not you know do anything, but just sit in my backyard in nature and just stop and think about what I was thinking about. Yeah, and, that's so good. Yeah. and. And I realized I had a fear of boredom because in boredom is when the negative self-talk came. So I had to, to really, and there was freedom in even just realizing that. That's yeah. why I don't like being bored. It's because then I, I feel like I'm wasting time and God's not proud of me when I waste time. God mm-hmm. wants me to do all these things because people just told me their problems. I have to fix it because they told me. Yeah. But, um, but the Lord slowly brought me to a place where I was able to slow down rest. I was, it, I was very uncomfortable. <laughs> like I very. said, I felt like I was wasting time, but slowly but surely I, st- I started to be aware of my body starting to relax, the anxiety going away. And I really practiced when people told me their issues um, in listening and not telling them what they should do. Yeah. Uh, because I feel like that's what a lot of times the Lord just wanted me just to listen. Don't, fi- don't yeah. fix it. Go back and pray. And I was thinking about a funny story. One day, the first time I ever tried this, I had a girlfriend. We went to coffee and she started to tell me all these things she was going through in her marriage and she's stressed. 
and I'm standing there looking at her and I'm thinking of all the things I want to say back and I'm trying to hold back and I'm just smiling and then I'm thinking, what does my face look like right now? It's so weird, you know, like just trying not to say anything. And she talked for probably maybe 30, 40 minutes straight. I didn't say a word and we were done. She just took a big deep breath. Oh, so how are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You know, and that's all she needed from me. And that's what's so great about step study is that you have that time each week that you get to share what's on your heart and nobody interrupts. Nobody tries to fix you. No one chases you out in the parking lot to give you a recommendation for a book or a therapist. It's time to just get everything out. And I think that is when the Lord starts to heal is when we get honest with what we're going through. And, um, and we can share without judgment, without people trying to fix us because Trust me, all the Bible studies I ran, anytime a woman shared something in prayer request time, I was on it. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's so cool. And I love, you know, it, it's so wild to me to hear. And this is one of the reasons I love CR is to hear about all of the different ways. Ultimately, what it comes down to is, is coping mechanisms. You know, you said a fear of boredom. The way that I coped with that was busyness. And uh, come to find out that all of that busyness to combat the boredom was actually making it worse. And, you know, through this process, you learn to find out what it is that God's really trying to do. And that's no different, you know, addiction to, to busyness, no different than for me, addiction to drugs and alcohol. There's just, it's just a different coping mechanism. And I'm, and I'm learning this constantly, the different ways that we cope with things and it's, it's usually the unhealthy coping mechanism that I've, I've loved for so long that's unhealthy is usually the opposite of what God has intended for my life to bring fruit. And it's just such a beautiful thing to be able to see that in other people's lives. You say, um, you know, I'm afraid of being bored, so I go fast, try to do everything. Come to find out the most fruitful thing that I can do is just stop and listen and it's such a cool thing to, to see God work in those, in those ways. And um, I'm just so grateful uh, for your story in that. And, and I hope that people hear that. And, and I would imagine, I tell this a lot of times to, to people who come into the program, um, you know, everybody and their mother was telling me that I had a problem. You know? So it wasn't that difficult for me to come to terms with the fact, hey, I've got a problem that I need to deal with. Um, but you know, my mom was in the same boat that, that you, you were in, that's a little bit more difficult to come to terms with to say, you know, Hey, I'm just a good Christian mom. I, I help everybody that comes my way. And, you know, uh, Bible says idle hands, right. You know, I got to stay busy and mm-hmm. boy, that's, that's gotta be really difficult to come to terms with, but you did, you have come to terms with that. And I think that that's really great. And I'm, I'm really proud of you for that. And then you, and then you go even a step further and not only make the, the changes, but then to say, wow, I'm actually going to be open and honest and share this with other people because I see what a problem it has been for me. And I want to be able to show people there's a different way. And that is beautiful. It's amazing. And not a lot of people do that. And so I'm thankful to you for that. And so that being said, what, like, what's, what is it like, what's different now? Like, what are you doing? You're still in CR, right? But I'm, things are a little bit different. I'm, I'm guessing since the first day. Oh yeah. And in fact, I've actually, um, just started my third step study. 
So I uh, co-led the last one that I did. And again, things came up, uh, just resentments, things I had from my past that I didn't know was there that I think built into the whole self-esteem and improving myself. But, you know, what is different to me now? And it's funny because I joke, I asked my husband, you know, total trick question. Like, can't you tell a difference in me? You know, because like I finished my step study, right? Well, you know, and, and yes. Okay. So I still busy, but it's nowhere near it was before. Um, I've learned to take naps, you know, there and I joke, uh, Jesus took naps. So I'm going to take a nap. Um, but it's the internal that my husband never knew. He never knew about the negative self-talk. He never knew why I was so busy. You know, I just looked like, man, she's a driven woman and people will compliment me. You were really driven. That's so great. But internally, it was a constant struggle of no peace, no rest. And here I am a Christian and that's the life that God is offering me is a life of rest and not mm. performance-based, um, but to be able to come to him and have uh, not get 10 steps ahead of him. And what I've realized is slowing that down, I have that peace. And it's amazing watching me offer up my concerns and prayers before the Lord and Him answering in miraculous ways that I could never have come up with on my yeah. own. And yeah. His way is always the best way that, that sticks. Um, you know, my yeah. life is in no way perfect. I have, my kids are all uh, young adults. I have a 19-year-old son, 21-year-old daughter, and the oldest is 24. And, <laughs> enough said. Know, yeah, enough said. Enough said. So, you know, all I can do is pray. And uh, one of the verses that is really important to me that the Lord showed me was Exodus 14 14. Be still, the Lord will fight for you. And my favorite song right now is uh, Surrounded. You mm. know, and um, I just raise my hands, and this is how I fight my battles. It's the opposite of what the world tells us. I just throw my hands up and say, Lord, you've got this, and I'm going to hold the line, and I'm going to pray, and I know that you will bring the miracles, and that you don't need my help. Mm, that is so good. I love that so much. Thank you for that. I needed that. So, <laughs> But hey, uh, we've been talking about step three in group lately. Um, uh, step three says that we made a decision to turn our lives and our wills over to the care of God, and I was just wondering um, if you had any input on step three, what, how has it affected you specifically or just what are some thoughts on that? Well, I, I think that's exactly what I had to do was to turn over my will to the Lord's, which is my way. And mm. a lot of times turning my will over to the Lord is he's going to ask us to do things that aren't necessarily natural to our, even our personalities. Um, but we have to trust him that we can turn it over to him and let him you know, do things the way that he thinks is best for us. But I, that's probably, especially for some strong-willed people out there, you know, that is something hard to do. But um, I'm telling you that you can trust the Lord. You can trust him. You know, he, he, he has done miracles in my family's life, and I trust him. And so this, this step is absolutely important is to, to turn, you know, your life back, back to him and come back to him. Because even Christians, we can turn and try to do things our own way which is what I did. Um, mm. But it's so much better turning and, and doing things God's way in his timing as well. That's another important one. Yeah. I, sometimes I think that it's much more difficult for those of us who have had a relationship with Christ when we get to step three and we say, 
turn my life and my will over to God. What? I did that when I was six years old. Like, I don't need it. Whatever. I just, I guess I'll just breeze over that one. Nothing to really, nothing to see here, folks. You know, I got, got this one under the cover, you know, but this one is one of those things that, especially for those of us who have called ourselves Christians, I stop and say, Hey, let's spend extra time here because it's so oftentimes the things in my life that I feel so confident about are the areas that are in the most danger because I don't have my eyes constantly on it. Right. I'm not paying, I'm more, I'm paying more attention to these other things that seem like they, they would be out of control and not to the, I'm confident about this. I don't need to worry about this. Well, when I'm not paying attention, sometimes those are the most dangerous areas of my life. And to be honest, Step three, if I, if I haven't completely and continuously every day, continuously making that decision to turn my life, my will over, I can't take the rest of the steps. I can't, I can't live a life uh, of recovery without first turning my life, my will over. And I'm sure, you know, just like I do, that's not a one-time deal, right? Oh yeah. No. And like I said, there being a Christian my whole life. Yeah. Jesus is my savior. Great. You know, yes, I love Jesus. But there's a difference between making him Lord of your life. Yeah. And that is exactly what number three is, turning our lives and our wills over to the care of God in the daily little things that you don't think you need help with. He wants to help. He's yeah. there. And if we take too much in our own hands. That's when we can quickly go back into codependency, addiction, to busyness. I mean, this is something I have to, just because I have the time, not add extra things to my, you know, to my life because real quick, things can get out of control. And the funny thing is, is I have zero tolerance for that anxiety that I felt back in the day. So if I even start to feel a little bit sped up, I'm like, oh, wait, what's going on? And I have to take a step back and go, okay, well, it's because I'm trying to do too much. And, mm. and um, I'm big into like, when I throw a party, I can just go down a rabbit hole of all the extras and this and that and, and decorations. And I've had to learn like, you don't have to do all that extra stuff. I start to feel that anxiety coming, like, just let things be good enough, you know, and people don't always notice the extras that you do. Um, but that's, you know, absolutely, like, it's funny with, with sobriety and codependency and addiction to business, it, it can sneak up on you real quick. Mm. But that's why I got to turn every day and realize the second I see the signs of it coming, which for me is that sped up anxiety feeling, I have to stop, slow down, and maybe go take a nap. that's good hey you know what i think i might take your advice later on today (laughs) good um well okay so thank you so much for all that before we go though i'd just love to hear um what would you share with a newcomer maybe somebody who is who's coming to the program they're just starting off uh what would you say to them and also what would you say to somebody um who would say i don't know i don't know if cr is for me Um, you know, I'm I'm not addicted to drugs or alcohol, so, you know, I, 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 it's not my deal. Um, what, what would you say to somebody who is either searching or who is just kind of, I I don't want any part of this, but they might benefit from it. Well, I, I kind of think I'm the perfect example, um, you know, I would agree (laughs) who who, uh, did not think they needed it. Um, but I'll tell you what, I, in my opinion, every single person, especially every single Christian that has you know, found Christ needs to go through this program. It, we talk about hurts, habits, and hangups. 
everybody's been hurt. Everybody that hurt can turn into um, a bad habit and a hang up and a, a belief that you have. I think every person can uh, needs to do a, the step studies and that yes. you will um, really get to the core of, of your authentic self that God, who God created you to be. And you really do find freedom and the freedom is almost just feeling lighter and uh, feeling like I can um, recognize God's presence more in my life and what he's doing. And it's because I got rid of all that resentment and baggage that I didn't even think I had. Mm. Um, but it turns out I was a stuffer. I would talk about my hurts until I didn't think about it anymore. Um, but I was lugging all that stuff around and it would eek out into these um, bad habits. And so I think um, everybody should do the steps. Like I said, it's almost like I felt like it was one hour a week that I had just for me to just work on myself. And it was between me and God. Uh, nobody else was there trying to tell me what to do. But I did learn a lot about myself and my issues in the stories that were shared by the other people in the group. And so I think this is an amazing program. I read um, before a statistic, I think CR says only one in three attend for um, substance abuse. So this mm -hmm. is absolutely for people with any hurts, anything that you want to work through. Um, it's an amazing program and it's, it's hard. I mean, it's <laughs> difficult and there was times I was uncomfortable and I wanted to quit especially when we start getting to um, step four. Mm -hmm. um, when we start to look back on our childhoods and our past and those hurts, it can get difficult. But if you press through it, coming through on the other side is just, like I said, I'm just like a brand new person. I even got baptized again um, mm -hmm. at my church, and it was really awesome experience, except they forgot to heat the jacuzzi. So it's freezing <laughs> cold water. So I kind of came out slash excited, mad, and all those mixed emotions. But, you know, maybe I'll do a do-over next time they see it. come back in or something. But literally, I felt, I felt like a new person in that, yes. you know, I wanted to get baptized again. So it's That's an amazing so program. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I, I think that, that that's got to be just what somebody needed to hear. So I, I appreciate that. So you're out in California. Uh, anybody in, in uh, California looking to go to a meeting, where could, the, where could they find you at, at, at? Where's your meeting at? Okay, so um, I go to the Cause Community Church in Brea. And so we meet on Friday nights at 7 o'clock. And we, we are meeting. Nights. Yes, and we are meeting in person. So yeah we'd, love right. have, yeah, we'd love to have him join us. Very good. Yep. So if you're in Bray, is that what's called? Brea. 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 If you're in yeah. Brea, California, go and see Tiffany Friday night, seven o'clock. You will not be sorry. Yeah, please. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Tiffany. It was great to talk to you. And I look forward to having you on the podcast again soon. Great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to A Testimony Talk. I hope that you take what we talk about here and have conversations with others. The things that we talk about on here are meant to start conversations, not end them. So I pray that you would talk with someone about what you heard here today and that you would look for ways to be a light in your own community. If you are struggling to find community and people to talk with, then please send an email to recovery at palmvalley.org and I will personally get you connected with a volunteer from Celebrate Recovery. Nothing changes the fact that we need each other. 
even if that means that we have to find new and creative ways to do so. You can also send me encouraging messages, comments, or concerns to that same email, recovery at palmvalley.org. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then please share it with someone else. I love you all, and I hope to see you soon.